0: This sermon audio is presented to you by Pastor Tommy Brandon and Calvary Church of Fort Worth. For more information, visit our website at calvaryftw.com. Amen. Do you receive that? 2018 is your best year. Uh, This morning, as you're turning with me to the book of 1 John chapter 1, 1 John chapter number 1, I would like to uh, also announce something that I just wanted to kind of have a a moment for, a little standalone announcement time, is next Sunday, uh, January the 7th, next Sunday at 10.30 a.m. That's a unique time. It's in between the 9 o'clock and the 11. At 10.30, we're going to have our first interest meeting in joining us in Lithuania in the fall of 2018. This meeting is for anyone and everyone that has interest in that trip. You might be interested in attending you might be interested in sending. It just might be the perfect meeting for you to get enough information to know uh, as a grandparent what you would like to do for a grandson or granddaughter or it could be you as a family wanting to attend i've heard i've heard of entire family units going on this magnificent missions opportunity in the fall. So if you want to know anything about it, it's going to be next Sunday, 1030. And we're going to be meeting directly behind the platform in our multipurpose room just for about 20 minutes just to give information. That's all it is. We're just giving you the information you'll need uh, to make a good decision for you and your family for a missions opportunity in the fall. To the book of 1 John chapter 1. In verse number one, we're in our fifth and final part of a series that we've been in this entire month called The Way to Joy. The Way to Joy. And this by far is the most critical subtopic of the entire series. So for you that are here in person today, you're about to receive from the word of the Lord something extremely critical for you to find And live in the joy of the Lord. 1 John chapter number 1 verse 1. We proclaim to you the one who existed from the beginning. Whom we have heard and seen. We saw him with our own eyes and we touched him with our own hands. He is the word of life. Now I'm going to pause there. And I want you to understand what we just read. John was called by God as a disciple and to walk with him. He's witnessed his miracles. John witnessed his death, burial, and resurrection. You're familiar with John. He's the writer of the gospel of Jesus Christ according to John. It's the same John that wrote 1st, 2nd, 3rd John. It's the same John that wrote the book of Revelation. This is... Man was known as the one that Jesus loved. They're very, very close. So if there's anyone that we could, uh, if there's anyone that we should take their opinion of Jesus to heart, it's John. And John says of Jesus that he is the word of life. So therefore, when we're studying the word of God and, we're, and, and by the Holy Spirit's revelation, when we come upon a word from The Lord, it's life-giving. Can I have an amen? And then he goes on to say, this one who is life itself. Matter of fact, doesn't that sound familiar? When Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. It's a very, very common theme through the life and the ministry and uh, and 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 the words of Jesus. He is life itself. He was revealed to us. We have seen him. And now we testify and proclaim to you that he is the one who is eternal life. I just think this is beautiful. John's saying he's the word of life and he is the way of eternal life. He is eternal life. He was with the Father and he was revealed to us. You ought to go read John chapter 1, the gospel of John chapter 1, and partner it with that statement. The Bible says that the Word became flesh and the Word dwelt among us. We proclaim to you that we ourselves have actually seen and heard so that you may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. Verse 4. We're writing these things so that you may fully share our joy, that you may share our joy. Let's get started today. My subtopic today are just two words, prayer and fasting. Everybody say prayer and everybody say fasting. (laughs) You might endure the part of the message on prayer, but some of you are already turned off about the part of the message called fasting. You don't mind hearing preachers preach on prayer, but I, I just wish I wouldn't have come to church to hear this preaching on fasting, right? But we're going to we're gonna have to work through the scriptures together today because if we're ever going to find our way to joy, it's going to come by prayer and by fasting. Let's talk about the obvious. Let's talk about our day that we're in. Today is the last day of the calendar year 2017. It's come, and ladies and gentlemen, it's about to go. At midnight tonight, this year will be a part of your past. And for some of you, that's the greatest news you've ever had. For those that are looking forward to a new year, may I, through the Spirit of the Lord and the love of God, minister to you for a few moments before we get into our body of the sermon itself. A a good friend of mine, her name is... To Neil Whaley, posted something on social media, and and I share it with you. Uh, she resides in the city of Houston, and their church that she serves, their church was had had suffered a lot of loss with their families, and Harvey Hurricane Harvey left Houston, as we all know, in devastation in a few pockets of the city, so. This particular social media post comes from someone that can't wait to turn the page on 2017. And her words, and I've text messaged with her since reading the post, thanking her for it. And, and, and her post theme was, let it go. Let it go. Everybody say, let it go. When the clock strikes midnight tonight. Let go of the pain of this year. Can I just bless somebody in this 9 o'clock service? 2017 was a year of some setback for you. It was a year that was painful in maybe physical ways, emotional ways, financial ways. There are those in this room that this year is the, the year that brought the doctor's report. Possibly it brought the divorce this year, the 2017 calendar year, was a year that brought to you pain. But the book of Job, chapter number 8, verse 21, someone received this. By faith, receive this. This might even need to be your scripture. Job 8:21. He will once again fill your mouth with laughter. And he will fill your lips with shouts of joy. By faith, in the name of the Lord, just make that your scripture. That this next year, when the clock strikes midnight tonight, that God is going to actually do a miracle in your life. If you'll let go of the pain, God, the Bible says, will fill your mouth with laughter again. Somebody say, the joy of the Lord is my strength. One way to the joy of the Lord this next year is you got to let go of the pain of last year. Why don't you let go of the hurt in your heart? I know that there, without question, there are those in this service today that you've been carrying hurt in your heart all year long. And I just want you to know that nothing, nothing is worth your bitterness. Nothing. No one, no predicament, nothing is worth your bitterness. The book of Ephesians, Paul tells us in chapter 4, verse 31, Let all bitterness let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. So, whenever we celebrate a new year, why don't you just let some things go? Let go of the pain and let go of the hurt. How about this one, guys? Let go of the words spoken against you this last year. If you don't carry any hurt and pain and and, and you're not carrying any challenges from this past year. Maybe you're someone here today that, that you just know that there's been some falling out of relationships. And in the heat of the moment, there were some words spoken against you. We love to believe the fantasy that, that sticks and stones may break my bones, but words never hurt me. Ladies and gentlemen, words do hurt. Words do hurt. Whether it was a spouse in a moment of anger said something that he really doesn't wish he said. Maybe it was a parent to a child, maybe a boss to an employee. I don't know what the dynamic is, but if there were some words spoken against you, 1 Peter 3 and 9 is your solution. Don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. Instead, pay them back with a blessing. That is what God has called you to do, and he will bless you for it. Let's just talk about two more real quick. Let go of your anger. When the clock strikes midnight and you turn a new page and you got all these resolutions, you know, all these good ideas about a new year, why don't we start with this one? Why don't you let go of the anger? Proverbs 29 and 11 says, fools. Fools give full vent to their rage, but the wise bring calm in the end. In the end. So why don't you just move on into a new year and let go of the pain, let go of the hurt, let go of the words spoken against you, and let go of the anger that's in your heart. And last but not least, before we just kind of move into our message today, let go of the desire to retaliate. Every single one of us in this room are guilty of it. All of us in this room want to get back at somebody when people do us wrong. we hold that pain, that anger that 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 frustration, and then all of a sudden we want to just lash out. But this is what the Bible says in the book of isaiah fifty three and seven he, he was oppressed and afflicted yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, like a sheep before the shearless the shearers in silent, so he did not open his mouth every single one of us in the room today we're better off whenever we just take a deep breath and we choose not to retaliate but bring peace my wife she she reminds my my girls all the time, all the time be a peace giver, a peacemaker, not a peace taker so In the the spirit of a whole new year, why don't we let some things go and let's be better off in our future than we were this past year. Can I get an amen, somebody? Let's clap our hands to the Lord. Let me give you in this final message of the year, let me give you one final biblical truth to finding the joy that God truly wants you to live in. Turn with me in the book of Matthew, chapter number 17, Matthew chapter 17, verse number 14. We find an account in scripture where Jesus, where Jesus was 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 put into a corner, a corner of doubt. There were some of those that had doubt in their hearts and Jesus had to make up the difference. I don't know if you've ever felt that before, but I know he's made up the difference in my doubts. He has stepped in right on time to make up the difference in some of my struggles and my doubts. Matthew 17, verse number 14. When they came to the crowd, a man approached Jesus and knelt before him. Listen to the desperation. Lord, have mercy on my son. He has seizures and he suffers greatly. When he's having these seizures and he's out of control, the Bible said he falls into a fire. He falls into the water. And listen to this. This is, man, this makes me so uncomfortable reading it if I were in the the room or in the circle of conversation. I brought my troubled son to your disciples, but they could not heal him. I brought my boy to those that walk with you, those that follow you. And I just wanted them to pray over him and him be better. And they've prayed and they've prayed and they've prayed. And he's still the same. And Jesus, we see Jesus kind of snaps. Some of us view Jesus like this big cushiony Santa Claus that he's always happy and loving. And we imagine him in some of the pictures with the children on his lap. And we imagine him feeding the hungry and sheltering the homeless. But let me tell you something. (laughs) There was there was a part of Jesus that was not playful. And whenever he gives a promise and someone's doubting his word, he will step in and make things right. And the promise was that by faith anything is possible when you believe. And another promise was whatsoever you ask in my name it shall be given unto thee. But yet, This boy was troubled and he was not being healed by the disciples. (laughs) And you can see it and hear it in the reading. Almost like the father thought there was something so wrong with the boy that he was not a candidate to be healed. He says, I brought my son to your disciples and they can't heal him. And and I'm going to take my liberty and say this. The dad said, is my boy so far gone? Is he so bad off that we're going to be stuck like this forever? Is 2017, is that my future forever? Is what I've experienced going to always be what I experience? And Jesus snaps, man, and he says... You unbelieving and perverse generation. <laughs> he just loses it. So for all of you that have a tendency just to kind of reach your boiling point and snap, you're, 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 you know, you're kind of like Jesus. He just snaps and says, you unbelieving, and he calls them a perverse generation. <laughs> Can't you imagine if you were one of the disciples, you were like, what, what, what did he just say? He just, wow, he is upset. He's not upset with people. He's upset with doubt. He gets people. He's not upset with people. He's upset with doubt. Oh, I've come to preach to somebody on this cold morning. And I'm going to warm some of you up. Because your faith needs to rise a little bit on this last day of the year. God's never been upset with people. God's upset with sin. And part of sin is a branch called doubt. Doubting his word. Doubting his his ability. Doubting his power. Doubting his skill. Can I just come by on a Sunday morning and tell somebody that he said, what? What? You're telling me there's a need that you think that I can't handle? Are you really going to come at me, Jesus, Emmanuel, the God with you, and you're going to tell me that this boy can't be healed? He said all of you are just a bunch of unbelieving, perverse generations. And then he goes on to minister. He says, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring that boy to me. And Jesus rebuked that demon and that boy and it came out of that boy and he was healed at that very moment. Now, here's what you got to get. Everybody say, unbelieving. And say the word perverse. These are two critical words. Unbelieving is Jesus' way of revealing to us, reading the Scripture. The word unbelieving is stating that they were disconnected from God. You're telling me that these men walked the streets with Jesus Christ of Nazareth and they were disconnected from God? I'm telling you, it doesn't matter how many church services you go to. It doesn't matter if you sit on the same pew the rest of your life. It does not matter how much scripture that you memorize in your heart. If you open the front door of your life to one simple step of doubt, doubt will move in and take residence in your life. You can't afford to dabble with doubt. You can't afford to flirt with doubt. You can't afford to entertain and mix and mingle with doubt. Unbelieving. These were the disciples. And the Bible says that they were unbelieving. Unbelieving means you're disconnected from God. But yet on the other end of the spectrum, he says, not only are you unbelievers, you're a perverse generation. This word perverse, if you were to study it out, It just simply says that they were carnal. They were worldly. They were more connected to the world's way of thinking than they were to their faith. They had more confidence in the ways of the world than they had confidence in God. Unbelieving, you're disconnected from God. Perverse generation, you're greatly connected to the things of the world. Does it sound like the days we're living in? Unbelieving, disconnecting from God, unplugging from God. Perverse generation, connected to secularism, connected to this culture, connected to sin, connected to darkness, connected to the perverse ways of life, plugged in there. Disconnected from God, plugged into the world. Here's a need, and the need cannot be met. It's not because Jesus couldn't, it's because those that were attempting to pray were praying when they were disconnected from God and when they were connected to the world. Ladies and gentlemen, the way to joy is the exact opposite. To disconnect from the world and to connect to God. How do we know this? Let's keep reading. Verse 19. Then the disciples came to Jesus, and I love it. They came to Jesus in private. Have you ever been so embarrassed and shamed that you just kind of had to wait till you had a private moment with somebody? They went to Jesus in private. Can't you see them? They probably like holding their little grande latte, and they've just probably kind of just kind of snuggled up to Jesus and said, Man, I'm I'm glad that man's gone. I'm glad that boy's gone. But man, why'd you call us out in public like that? He says, why couldn't we pray and drive out that foul spirit? In verse 20, Jesus says, because you have so little faith. I tell you, if you have faith just the size of a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain over here in the west, you could say, Move from here to there in the east, and it will move. Nothing's impossible if you believe. And then in the book of Mark, same stories told, but Mark records, and then he said to them, This kind, meaning this need, this issue, can only come forth. By nothing except prayer and fasting. Now I'm going to give you these four words and we're going to work them for the next 15 minutes. And then we'll be going home here. Unbelieving, perverse generation. Unbelieving, perverse generation. If you're going to find the way to joy, you're going to have to figure these two words out and find out where you fit in unbelieving, and perverse generation, and if you find that you have allowed doubt to come into your life in this year of 2017, and you have found yourself frustrated in prayer, if you have found yourself questioning the abilities and the power and the love of God, if you have found yourself in the position of wondering, is God even interested in me, then you're going to have to combat the words unbelieving, and perverse generation you're going to have to come at it with the sword of the word of god and the act the actual word of mark uh 929 and you're going to have to combat unbelieving and perverse generation with prayer and with fasting listen to me why prayer prayer is what connects us to god If I'm unbelieving, I'm disconnected from God. How do I get back connected to God? I pray. Prayer connects me to God. If I'm connected to the world, or in a perverse mindset, if I'm too worldly and not enough godly, prayer connects me back to God. But what about me getting help Getting disconnected from the world. If prayer plugs me back into God, what can unplug me from the world? Fasting. Prayer gets me back with God. Fasting takes me away from the world. For years now, Calvary Church starts a whole new year out with 21 days of prayer and fasting. It starts tomorrow. And... And I just want to bless every single one of you and encourage every one of you that you need to be a part of this. You don't need to just know your church is a part of it. You need to be a part of it. Because 2018 is going to be the best year of your life if, if, if you'll get connected to God and get disconnected from the world. And we are in a season right now. December, November and December, I'm telling you, as wonderful and as family friendly, and as community driven as November and December are, they are the absolute worst months for us in our faith. November, we, what what was that t-shirt I saw during Thanksgiving this year? In November, we gobble, gobble till we wobble. (laughs) And for all of those that were napping just now, don't try to understand it. You missed my whole point. But November, Thanksgiving, we, we just, man, we do it big. And we stuff ourselves silly. And we drive across country. And the holidays begin. And all of a sudden, people are, are, are just checked out, man. They're checked out at work. They're checked out in their families, They're checked out in their faith. Because now comes Santa Claus. And the next thing you know, man, Walmart's getting all the money. Target's getting all of our time and we got to buy Johnny this and we got to buy Susie that and when Johnny doesn't get it, he pouts. Mama gets mad because Daddy forgot to buy it. Daddy gets mad because Mama never told him. Next thing you know, we're in the front yard throwing ornaments and we're all supposed to be celebrating the birth of Jesus but all of us in this room know Holiday season here in North America, here in the state of Texas, which is blessed. We're so blessed to live where we live. And I'm going to say something a little crass, and and this is going to be a little off color, but we get so fat on the blessings of God in the holiday season that we disconnect from God and we connect to the world. Yeah, we'll be there at the Christmas service. Yeah, Pastor Tommy—he'll—he'll—he'll prepare his messages. But Pastor Tommy's in hunting mode. Pastor Tommy's in travel mode, and—and you know, half of me's here preaching, the other half of me's thinking, "What are we doing tomorrow? It's New Year's. What are we?" You know, it's natural for every single one of us in this room, in this season, to disconnect from God, connect to the world, and God, through through the. Through the human body of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, this mediator between God and man, shows up on the scene and he says, you're kidding me. You're telling me you can't pray over that boy and him be healed? It's because you're unbelieving and it's because you're perverse. And the only way that things like this are going to ever happen for you is that you're going to have to pray and you're going to have to fast. You're going to have to be connected to me more than you're connected to the world. And ladies and gentlemen, if 2018 is going to be anything different than 2017, you're going to have to get connected to God. And you're going to have to disconnect from the world. And how you're going to do that is you're going to have to pray and you're going to have to fast. Let's talk about this. We're starting our 21 days of prayer and fasting starts in the morning. One thing we're offering this year that we have not offered in the past is uh, we've just, it will be ready for you in the morning. and possibly even be ready for tonight. But there will be on our app at Calvary FTW, on our app, on our website, a fabulous daily, daily time with God in devotion. There will be a devotional with scripture reading. All you need is your smartphone, man. Making it easy. Every morning when you get your cup of coffee and you're checking your Facebook, minimize Facebook, open your Calvary FTW app, click on daily devotion, spend some time with God. Spend time in the Word. Spend time in prayer. Start your time out. Daily devotion. It's real easy. One click on a smartphone, and you're already on your way. Connecting more to God, fasting—twenty-one days—tell you a great story. One time, I was with somebody that wanted to talk to me about fasting, and and uh, this individual was smoking a cigarette in our conversation, and and I was trying my best to talk biblical fasting, and I grew up my. my I grew up being taught that fasting meant food, 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 food. And we would go on fast, and you would catch people with like four or five packs of Tic Tacs in their pocket, you know, and uh, trying to get through the fast. And that was meant to be funny. And you would find people, you know, like one person I know, I'm not going to mention his names, but he is my father. He went on a liquid fast and thought gravy was permissible. Uh, true story. <laughs> if you don't get that, you just i'm sorry but I was with this person smoking he was smoking this cigarette, and he just could not wrap his brain around. Why would anybody not want to eat? Why would anybody not want to eat that that meal and 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 i said, well listen you you're you're skinny, you're fit, you're in shape maybe maybe it's you're you're smoking a cigarette right now, maybe your fast should be." Not smoking a cigarette on that particular day or that hour, just you't know, you't don't, you don't want to set your bar so high that you'll never accomplish it. so pause on that one cigarette and and give your time to god instead and and After I got through with the conversation he uh he he threw that cigarette down and 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 did his foot like this and reached into his coat and pulled out another cigarette and he said, "Yeah, Rev, I just don't think fasting's for me." <laughs> Nobody thinks fasting's for them. That's the point Jesus is making. He says, You perverse generation, you're so disconnected from me and so connected to the world, you don't think any of this is for you. And all of it is for us. Can I get an amen? Let me tell you why. We're a triune being, we're made up of body soul, and spirit. A tree, if you were just go look at an old, uh, an old pecan tree, guess what? That tree is physical. It has a body. That tree, it's alive. It's living. We know that. But a tree, it doesn't have a soul. It doesn't have emotions. It doesn't have a soul. It just has a body. Whereas a dog or an animal, we'll say a dog. A dog, it's it's living, it has a body, but a dog has a soul. We know that because it has thoughts, it has a mind, it has expressions, you know, the tail, it wags and it tucks. And, and there's joy in an animal and there's fear in an animal. And the difference in humans and the tree is, We don't have just a body, we have a body and a soul. Difference in us and animals is we have a body and a soul, but we also have a spirit. A body connects us to ourselves. As human beings, we have a body. We hurt when we we hit our thumb with a hammer. We have a body. It's telling us you're alive, that hurt. But the pain we feel is a reminder that we have a soul. We have emotions. We feel, we sense, we think. But what separates us from everyone else is we have a spirit. We're connected to God. When God saves you, it's not worried about your body. Your body's still going to get wrinkles. Can I get an amen? I thought that would go over in this 9 o'clock service. (laughs) Our body has pain. Can I get an amen? I figured that'd go over in this 9 o'clock service. Our soul, we have emotions and feelings. Sometimes we're happy, sometimes we're sad. But when God saves you, he's not saving your body. Doesn't make your body perfect and it doesn't make your emotions level. When God saves you, he saves your spirit for the eternal life. For eternity. And let me tell you, this is why prayer and fasting is so critical. Because when you pray, when you pray, it blesses, it enhances, it, it elevates your spirit life. Not, prayer doesn't change your body. It doesn't change your soul. It changes your spirit life. Because every single day, your body's either in control your soul's in control or your spirit's in control? Go read Romans 8. Go read Romans 8 with this with this backdrop as an understanding. This is why Paul tells us in Romans 8, you need to live by the spirit. Your body, you live by your body, your body will get you into things like lust. Your body will get you into things that, that are unhealthy for you because you're, you're physically driven. You're carnally driven. Don't live by your feelings. Your feelings are lied to you. You can't live by your thoughts. Your thoughts will become bad choices and your bad choices will become a bad lifestyle. can't live by that. Paul says in Romans 8, you've got to live by the Spirit. So how do I put the Spirit in charge? I've got to pray. I've got to connect to God. I've got to get my Spirit in charge. Well, how? If I strengthen my Spirit by prayer, how do I weaken my body and my soul? I do that by fasting. I step away from what my body wants. I step away from what my mind thinks it needs. For some of us, it's food. For others, it's media. For some of you, it is, it is addictions such as nicotine or alcohol. Or I would tell you it would be a healthy decision all across the board to step away from what the body wants and what the mind thinks it needs and craves Get plugged into God in the Spirit. And Paul tells us in Romans 8, this is the way to victory. Life in the Spirit. Can I get an amen, somebody? Prayer strengthens the Spirit. Fasting weakens the body and the soul. Let me close today with this. As we're entering into our 21 days of prayer and fasting, I want you to do these three things for me. These three things, and then I'll, I'll pray over you this morning. Number one, don't just blindly go into prayer and fasting. Don't just jump into this without, here's your first point, setting your objective. By faith, set the goal of what you're trying to accomplish in your prayer and your fasting. If not, you're going to fall asleep and you're going to be hungry. Set an objective. Here's a few to consider. Go into prayer and fasting determined to let God know, to let God know that you declare your dependence on God. 2017 was was good in this way, it was bad in that way, but God, I'm going into this new year and I'm declaring right now, let heaven hear earth. Let heaven hear my earthly cry. I'm declaring, I'm depending on you this year. I'm depending on you for my marriage, for my children, for my health for my finances, for my mind to be clear, I'm depending on you to help me make every choice and decision. I did it my way in 2017, and look at what I got. But 2018, I declare right now in the name of the Lord that I'm going to depend on you. And I'm going to start that out by spending time with you every day. I'm going to start that out by walking away from the things of the world every day. I, I depend on you, God. How about this one? Go into your prayer and fasting asking for forgiveness. Ask God's forgiveness upon your life, but then here's what I'm trying to get to. Ask others to forgive you. Man, if this is a whole new year, let's start with a whole new clean slate. Go to your friend. Go to your spouse. Go to your parent. Go to your children. Go to your neighbor. Go to whomever it is that you have odds with, that you're at odds with. Ask forgiveness. Ask forgiveness. Set your objective. What about number three? Take this time as prayer and fasting to refocus on the eternal. On the eternal. Push your reset button, everybody. It's a new year. Let's start thinking about what matters most. The eternal. What matters most to God? God. People, what's going to live on forever? Your boat, your house, your golf clubs? People, let's refocus on the eternal. Number four, setting your objective. Invite God's presence into your life. Guys, this is just as applicable. This is just as easy. This is just as simple and plain black and white preaching as you'll ever hear. Go into a few weeks of prayer and fasting. Declaring your dependence on God. Ask people to forgive you if you need forgiveness. Refocus on the eternal. Invite God's presence in your life. And then finally, go into it believing God for specific needs. If you need income increase, if you need physical healing, if you need marriage restoration, you be specific with God. God can handle your specific needs second thing I want to tell you is decide what type of fast you're going to do it's hilarious to me I've done it boy have I done it I've done it more than once I've done it multiple times oh man it's we're supposed to be fasting if you don't go into it with a decision made you'll take that bite of that old wonderful hamburger and you'll say oh I'm just fasting ketchup and your wife will say but you don't like ketchup nope that's the point I'll tell y'all a real funny one before I pray over you in my little home church my little country home church in Louisiana we were all down front kind of like we do here every now and then we were all down front And old Brother Glass stepped out and he said right to this section. He said, I just feel it. I feel it. I feel it strong. I need 50 men to join me in a juice fast. This wasn't at the end of the year. It was just a random Sunday. And there was a brand new man in the church about four rows back standing right next to my daddy. And I was about 12 or 13. And I remember it like yesterday. His name was Lane. Lane said, you can count on me. And the pastor said, well, my goodness, Lane, you've just been here for a few weeks. Look at this. All you men in the room, look at this. Lane's only been here a few weeks. He's already adjoining by faith with me. He's going to do a juice fast. He nudges my daddy and says, man, this is easy. I don't even drink juice. (laughs) If you don't get it, supposed to be fasting everything but juice. You need to decide what your fast will be. And there's so many wonderful options these days. You got Daniel's fast. It's been something popular the last few years. I've I've watched it. Some people start their New Year's Day by signing off of social media for three or four weeks. And it's amazing that those first few days you just feel like you can't live. But you know what you're doing? Connecting, you're unplugging from the world's ways so you're pressing down the body and the soul and when you pray you're giving strength to the spirit if it's media if you're if you're somebody that maybe you're retired and i don't mean this in any i, I mean this from my heart if you're retired and you find that you have slid into the slump of just every day, the same routine of watching every show on television and just to the point that your mind is consumed with media. Why don't you just determine that that's not what you're going to do for these first few weeks of the year? Why don't you go volunteer somewhere? Why don't you just go give your time somewhere? Go make a difference in this life somewhere. I can promise you this much. You're going to unplug from the world, and you're going to pray and spend time with God. And I close with this. Finally, going into it, not just setting your objective and not just deciding what fast you're going to do, but expect results. This is where faith is activated. Isaiah 58, verses 8 and 9. Let me give you three things you can pray about and expect. These three things will fit you and everybody else in here. Then your light, Isaiah 58, by the way, is all about fasting, all about believing God. Once you commit to this, then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing. Everybody say healing. Do you need healing? If you need healing, Give 21 days of prayer and fasting and just watch what God will do. Healing will quickly appear. And then your righteousness. This is not a self-haughty righteousness. This is a holiness. This is a godliness. Your godliness, your holiness, your separation from the world, you can see it happening. In these 21 days of prayer and fasting, you will see yourself separate from the world. And draw close to God. Your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Surrounded by the things of God. And then finally verse 9. Then you, you will call and the Lord will, everybody say the word, answer.